you let them down gently <laughs> you minister by God's love but you have just walked in and pierced the enemy's darkness you've walked in as the light as a son and daughter of God so I just want to encourage you why we've been here it's been so exciting to know all of you more the way we've been received is incredible are we still on? we're still on there River's Edge is an international fellowship. Let me just say briefly, River's Edge is a global leadership ministry. And what does that mean? That means it's worldwide, making disciples worldwide, anywhere. That's the mission of River's Edge. The vision is a global leadership ministry. Now, when I determine what leadership is here throughout this next 40, 45 minutes, you'll understand more of the impact and the target what we're hitting for our Savior. Amen? So I want you to be prepared what God's going to give you. It, it could be different <laughs> because we're peculiar people. I know that I am. I'm peculiar. And sometimes, you know, God has a way of getting me into a position that seems to be peculiar to me. How about you? And you wonder, okay, God, do you really know what you're doing? Do you know who you have chosen to do this? <laughs> and when he sees me or you, he doesn't see me. He doesn't see the old man. He sees the new man he created. He sees his son. He sees Jesus. So God just sits up there and smiles. We pastored many years in Pueblo, Colorado. One of the main things we had on the wall was about a four by six picture of the, the head of Jesus. And his face is thrown back, his beard and his lock of hair, and he's laughing like this. <laughs> Why do I do that? Why do I love that? Jesus laughs with us. Jesus laughs because he knows the victory he secured. How many here today know that it was finished? That Jesus paid the price to finish that? There's a lot of hands coming up in this room. Praise God. But a laughing Jesus to me depicts who I serve. When I get disdained, when I get stretched, I get tension, I get anxious about what, what's going on, God. I picture that picture, Zephaniah, so many times because that's my Lord. He goes, come on, son, it's already won. Now just go through the gates, come on, storm the gates of hell with your brother Randy. <laughs> and then take captive those who are captive and you bring them out plant them in my kingdom so this session here I want to help you understand some things on Dr. Mitchell said it very well yesterday if you're all here when the sessions were finished what were the three things that God builds with what are the three things that God uses to impact a territory a region a country a continent what were the three things first thing was apostolic government you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. Apostolic government. The second is 
prophetic direction. And what was the third thing? <laughs> Radical worship. So in this session, I want to present to you, and Randy just hit the nail on the head, as we say in America, just perfect. But sometimes we need to show somebody something versus just teaching it. So I'm going to show you by demonstration, by example, from the team that is here from America in Haiti, around the globe, to show you the hand of God, how God builds a church, how God builds His church globally. Yesterday, in the close of our session, Dr. Mitchell asked how many pastors are here. I believe almost every hand went up. I want to help define that somewhat today in your renewed mind and in your spirit. Really what a pastor function is. When he said, how many are pastors? I raised my hand as well. But I'm not really pastoring a local assembly at the moment. We are planting one in my hometown of Colorado. But as far as that function, I want you to understand something on the hand of God as we go through this today. Now let me ask you this question as we begin. How has the food been during the conference? Spiritual food. Has it been good? Have you been fed? Were you lacking anything on the food tray? Vegetables, meat, drink. Did you have all of it? Or did you just have one? <laughs> one element of all the dinner was given to you. You ate the whole thing. Your meal was provided and you devoured it. You ate it. Now, as we go through this today, it's important I ask you that question. How's the food been? Because every <laughs> grace gift ministry, every office that Jesus died to pay as he went up and said, now I need five to finish my work. This is my church. Go equip the saints to build my church. It took five functions, five offices to be Jesus. Are you with me? To the globe. To the world. It didn't just take one. Didn't take one. He was the only one I know of. Matter of fact, all the things that he did can't even be written in my book. You couldn't even write the books, the ministry that Jesus did. But yet Jesus told me, tells you, that guess what? We will do <laughs> his works and we will do even greater works. So I challenge you during this next session, how many individuals do you know that are doing as much as Jesus did or more than Jesus did? I kind of scratch my head because I don't know that. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's her. Maybe it's, well, no, not really. Think about that a moment. He was giving the picture when he rose and ascended, he gave gifts to men. And to me, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, paints a picture to me 
there were no walls given to those functions or offices to build a church. He didn't say, now, in the four walls of the ministry, behind a pulpit, build my church. If you read Ephesians 4 in the spirit of an apostolic government, an apostolic reformation that we're standing in today and finishing out the course because it is the end times. Boy, my heart leaked when someone's talking about Jamie and Randy. End times. We're in it. Pam, we're in it. If you don't know you're in it, we're going to make sure you know you're in it. Because we're in that time. Understanding the times where God builds things, how he builds things. Now, how many understand this word today? Hastening. Do you know what to hasten means? Hastening? That means to hurry up. Yeah, get it along. <laughs> Come on, get along. Think about that. Do you believe you can hasten the coming of the Lord today? Do you individually believe you can do that? Turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 4 today. We're going to look at a spiritual house where spiritual growth occurs. In Mark chapter 4, around verse whoo, 20, eh, 28, maybe, 27. Let's go with 26 first. Mark 4, verse 26. It's the parable whoo, of the growing seed. Everybody say growing. growing. Amen. Verse 26 says this, and he said... The kingdom of God, as if a man should scatter seed on the ground, and then should sleep by night, rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. But he himself does not know how. I like that part of God's word. To me, it shows me, I've got to trust in something I don't quite understand. I thought I understood growing seasons. I thought I understood the times. Here it tells me as an individual, it says here, Alan <laughs> does not know how. Well, God, you've given me a gift. You've given me a grace gift. And sometimes that administrative gift in me gets me in trouble. But it took me many years to understand the administration of God, the administrative how put things together. You can never administrate a move of God. Is your tree shaking a little bit? You can never administrate a move of God. Put yourself in the book of Acts. Put yourself along Peter. <laughs> Preach the gospel. How many got saved? 3,000 from one message. Do you think the apostles, disciples of God, sat back with their day planner in their black book 
in how to build a church and started with page one. This is chapter two. Chapter, oh, we do this. Oh, we haven't done this. Let's go back here and do this. Let's plant this thing right. Come on. But at times we get in that mode. We're built that way. We're encouraged to do that, aren't we? I've had friends come to me and say, you know, you could grow that church from 100 to probably 200 if you just do this. One, two, three, four. And I'm going, well, it's not growing. It doesn't seem to be increasing. Matter of fact, I think it's lacking something. And all of a sudden, my brother gives me what? He gives me an outer crust. He gives me a religious tradition. And he gives me a to-do list. If you do this, it's going to work. Matter of fact, do the second thing, it's going to work again. And so what does God love to do? He throws his head back and he laughs. <laughs> he loves me enough to say, you know, I'm still here with you. But Alan, when you get back, I haven't moved. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I cannot build through your plan. Now, you've got to hang in this with me, okay? Because it's some of the grace that God's given me. I don't like it. At times, Lord, we all carry it at times. We love to see things working out. We love it to follow the plan. How many in this room today as ministers of God called have a plan today? You got a plan? Come on. But where is that plan in God's perspective? Is it before the horse? The cart before the horse? God bless my plan? Or is it? Okay, God, I'm following your plan. I think the disciples with the 3,000 understood that pretty quickly. We can't take care of 3,000 people. What are we going to do, brother? How are we going to take care of 3,000 people in one setting? How are we going to take care of the evangelistic outreach tonight and get the people saved and get encouraged and discipled? How are we going to keep them all? Well, brother, here's the plan. How we carry out our crusade. <laughs> well, oh no, I think we're lacking here. I think we're lacking. We don't have enough uh, evangelists there. We haven't got enough care group. We, pass, we need more pastors to care for people. So what do you do? You go out looking to fulfill your plan. When all the time we're putting things out there for God to say, Now, Father, will you bless my plan? Do you understand that? That's religious. That's tradition. Religion builds from the outside in. God, I'll build this church from 100 to 200. I can use the outer things. Are you hearing something? I'm going to stretch you some more. You know, uh, I don't really have a lot of marketing people around me. Uh, I don't have really those people who know. We call them ITs, tech. Come on, computers. So, you know what? Well, I think we need a tech person. Well, I've got a nephew named Ralph. Now, he's not saved, he swears like a sailor. But he knows IT. He knows tech. Well, then God, according to this plan, we need an IT. Call the man. Let's get him into our group. Let's get him into our plan. Are you hearing me? And all the time, we don't understand. We're moving in our own plan more than we ever can imagine. 
especially when brothers and sisters around you are encouraging you to do that. Instead of getting me or you grounded, like my brother told us in the session, like Warren was expounding by the Word of God, you got to walk with God. You got to walk with Him. You got to walk and talk with God. You got to live by that Spirit, which we do, but guess what you got to do? You got to walk by that Spirit. God builds by Spirit. Why do I say that? Ephesians 2 talks about God building. How does God build? He's looking for what? A spiritual tabernacle. To house what? Man's production? Man's plans? Or is he looking for the spirit that of himself he is to fill that place? The glory, the habitation of what? The glory of God. We are spiritual stones. Each one of us need to stay spiritual. Now, come on. We talk about the Apostle Paul so much in this word. We use him in examples all over. But you know what? I will guarantee you if he was here in the flesh, you may not like him. And you may not walk with the bud. You wouldn't do it. Because it might be contrary to the way you've done things. But isn't what the Apostle Paul kept writing over to the Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, writes his son Timothy, don't get thrown away. Don't get removed from how you began. How soon you've been removed. The book of Galatians, he <laughs> exhorts his, his people and says, come on now, God's people. The church he helped ground in things of love of God. I'm just amazed how soon you've been removed from where you began. Did you begin by the works of the flesh? Or did you begin by the spirit of faith? Two totally different pictures. Because the war is on. When we do things in the kingdom of God and build, it's a spiritual house God wants. First things you better check out, people around you, are they spiritual? Are they hearing God? Are they walking with God? If they aren't, you're going to have to take them out of the mix. Challenge them. What is the spirit of Jesus like, brother? What would he say? What would he do now? Walking by the spirit demands of our lives to stay spiritual. I thought I was smarter than I was at times. I didn't have Randy's problem. No, I'm just kidding. I had an education. <laughs> I had an education. I knew what two and two was. It was four. Okay? <laughs> two and two were four. I knew that. I was told that. I learned that. I got tested on that. And I kept building things just like that. Well, two and two make four. You got two, you got one, we want four, you better add one, make four. And all of a sudden you realize you're developing this outside look, being the spiritual man of God. And then you stand back and say, yes, God, yeah, there's no problem there, brother. I can help you build that. I can tell you how to go from 100 people to 200 people. I can tell you how to go from 10 to 20. You better come to this conference because I have the list for you. The list? And you're going, 
I've been through a list. Didn't work for me. Come on now. As leadership and as leaders, we're to challenge, we're to drop down the mantle of God. Shake the tree and say, how is this founded? How does it look from the beginning? Where's the roots secured? What's feeding this? Because the fruit will deflect the root. And you're looking for fruit outside. And we walk in. I walked in. Thought I was part of that bunch. But God said, son, you ain't part of that bunch. Because I've asked you to be the chosen. Come on. A royal priesthood. Come on. What do you mean, God? I need friends. <laughs> I need friends. Well, guess what happened to my life? You could have asked me during the time of God trained me through the school of hard knocks. We call it in America the school of hard knocks. What do you call it here when you go through a hard time? But you've been trained by those hard times. We call it school of the hard knocks. Like <laughs> hard knocks. In other words, God says, wake up, son. Wake up, son. Wake up, son. Get your feet out of that circle, and you get into mine. And I was more of a babe in Christ than I thought I was a son of God and knew what he wanted me to do. See what I'm getting to today? How does God build? So I ask you, how was the food during this conference? I pray you got fed in all ways. We're talking about governmental. We're talking about apostolic governmental. Apostolic is how the book of Acts began. That's what Jesus delegated, released, sent, and stands back in heaven. Matter of fact, he sits with his feet up, waiting for us. Waiting for us. Not discouraged. Not upset with me. But he's waiting for me. To what? Grow up to be a son, daughter of God. That's what Jesus knows is going to happen. So here in this parable, we're talking about growth, a growing seed. So here it says, <laughs> and he himself doesn't know how it grows. You might as well get over things that you're not going to understand at all. I want people around my life who understand that scripture and get me back to heaven's way of doing things to get me planted back in the kingdom of God how God builds by his spirit not by someone's outer plan and purpose come on it says here to me that you don't know it but God it grows I mean, throw out seed and huh I don't know how that happens but there it is because why his word says it's going to now, verse 28, here we go. For the earth yields crops. This is a New American standard. I mean, New King James. It says, the earth, <laughs> the, <laughs> I love it. The earth yields crops by itself. Well, no, what do you mean God? I have labored, I've tilled, I've watered, I've done everything I could to make that grow. Come on. And it's not growing the way I would like it to grow by my expectation, by 
the outer circle that I kind of hang around with, they expect that. They expect me to grow. Matter of fact, well, son, since you're not growing, we don't see any fruit. We don't see any fruit from your life really increase. We don't see things being built. We don't see, you know, things happening. Come on. And then all of a sudden, those around you say, well, yeah, we just probably need to move you here from Ghana, son. Let's take you over to Nigeria. Maybe you'll work over there. And they move you. Why'd they move you? Because they were walking as spiritual people of God. They were catering to man's plan. Oversight. Government. We're talking apostolic government today for a reason. In this room... You will hear something today in your hearts. You'll hear the Spirit tell you. You may break out the notebook. You may be start writing down a message that God gave you. You'll participate in what the Holy Spirit's been teaching you. And now what he's saying, understand the times, daughter and son. Understand what season you're in. Understand what's been accomplished. Now come on. Because God will change you up at times because the moment we build a tent get secure thinking this is what my job was God I thank you so much your tree starts shaking well God uh, uh, look at this it's great great ministry here in Ghana a great I got a great church how was that built son well it was built according to your pattern I did it the Bible way and I got Bible results. So guess what? I'm home. This is me. I'm secure. This is where I'm going to be all my life. Apostolic government. Now stay with me. Apostolic apostle means sending, set forth, go, 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 send, send, send. If you believe in the apostolic hand of God moving, establishing, Getting things set in order, planting, growing. That you don't know how sometimes. But it's God's show, not ours. I will guarantee it. Where you've been planting that church, ministry, fellowship, call it what you want, has only been a training ground for you if you're apostolic. It isn't to secure a home. I tell you that personally. We've been in our hometown for 30 years. 30 years. 1988 to now 2018. We arrived with a plan in our lives. But God, by his word, put in us what he showed us to be how you build. Every time we tried to build that way, Sanballat came. <laughs> like Nehemiah. Come off the wall, Nehemiah. We want to talk. What Nehemiah say? I got time for you. I'm staying on the wall. I'm doing it God's way. And the enemy comes in, tries to remind you. I think you missed God there, dude. I think you missed God, Alan. Matter of fact, I think you missed your call. Probably, no, you don't want to be in Pueblo. The grass is greener in Ghana. <laughs> think about it. So we went through the school of hard knocks. We went through what we call the school of the Holy Ghost. 
What am I encouraging you with today? We are trained by our Father, a paternal Father, my heavenly Father. Hallowed be thy name. My Father which is on heaven. He's my maternal daddy. He's my spiritual advice and counsel. Come on. Thank God for people who walk and look like that. And we can hang around. But my daddy knew something. He said, son, I know you have got that buried in there somewhere, but I didn't call you just to do that. But God, I'm doing it, the model, right. I'm, I'm building the church, just like the church model that people say I need to follow. You still with me? So we began the journey to plant a church. We did it. We helped actually put one back in order. So what we did, we had thrown it to that circus, I call it, to help establish God's principles. We were blackballed. We were chastened. We were accused, denied things. Because Why? We were building it the Bible way to get Bible results in all the religious churches, all that spirit of religion, all the Goliaths in the room stood there and said, with that, you're going to come against what we're telling you? Oh, you understand? We're established. And matter of fact, son, and you may love this statement, we don't need another church in Accra. We don't need another church in Pueblo. Why? Because they had 120 already. 120? Think about that. That's quite a voice. Quite a voice for one person. You in your life, hearing God, called by God, walking at the Bible way to get Bible results. So you were what? As my sister so eloquently said today, and Pam yesterday, you will be thrown into a lion's den. So what am I telling you? I'm encouraging you. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at anybody. I went through the lion's den. Why? Doing it the Bible way to get Bible results. Everything that's not of God will come up and come against that. And come against you. And guess what? You need to know your God. And then you'll do great exploits for him. If you don't know that, you've got to get to know him. I pray you have a bunch of people around you who keep exhorting you and telling you you can do great exploits in God. You're the Gideon, brother. Well, yeah, you don't understand my, you don't understand my situation. 120 churches against one? Think about it. I'm not bragging. I'm not telling you. But that's the school I've come through. School of hard knocks. Wondering, God, I guess I'm missing you. The Old Testament carries a spirit. It's called the spirit of condemnation. It kind of carries the spirit that you're not good enough. You're going to fall short. Come on. But it also reveals what was coming the New Testament. That guess what? You're not falling short anymore. You're perfect. You're flawless. You're perfected by God. Come on, come on, stay with me. So where are you walking today? If you're walking in that place of rejection, intimidation, those things, I want to help you understand something in the apostolic government forming of God here in Ghana, here in this country, this region, this territory, this city, this country, this nation. 
this continent, the world. God is putting his hand together, the apostolic government of God. You as an individual person, in your ministry, in your person, you must understand this. I heard it from Randy's prayer today. Yesterday, I pray, God, I don't even know that church and ministry, but I pray, God, put some people around him, her, to help them continue your work. Because I know your voice will go forth. Your word will go forth and not return void. It will accomplish what it's sent to do. So I say by faith that church will succeed. And they'll preach you. And you alone. That's what he did. That's what we're to do. Talking about the seed here. We're talking about, <laughs> talking about how God grows the seed. We're talking about hastening. We're talking about seed time and harvest. We're talking about how God does this. You've got to get the revelation from God. I don't know. Oh, are you anybody there today? I don't know how he does it. Come on. My daughter pastored a youth pastor group in Assembly of God Church. And got beautiful three girls, grown and loved God. Been married 39 years, and this, they all love Jesus. But they have come through the same school that I came through. People honored her, loved her. Brenna, my oldest daughter, gifted of God. Whoa, you can really, I mean, you're making things happen. People gather around you. Well, good. That's great. Assembly God Church put her in place. Paid her Berean school price to get through Bible school. Planted her as that youth pastor. Now you're, now you're, listen what I'm going to say. Now you're ours. Now you're not God's anymore. Now you're ours. They paid the tickets. They paid the money. They had an expectation of her life. But a pastor change occurred. Senior pastor moved on. Because the assemblies wanted to use that individual as a pastor over here. Put a new pastor in. He changed it all up. Guess what my daughter went through? I know people like you and you're good and you can, well, I'll tell you what, the altars fill every time you get up there for us. But guess what? We don't need you anymore. We're going to change things up and I've got someone coming in over here to be the new youth pastor. And she came in, called me on the phone. I drove three hours up to Fort Collins, Colorado from, to meet my daughter for lunch and for dinner. What's going on? She gave me the story. She slipped me a piece of paper that was a contract in writing. She asked me, said, Dad, what do you think? They're asking me to sign this, that I would be loyal, faithful, committed. I would be there when they said be there. Because I really feel that they owned me. They had power over me. I had to do it their way. Or it's the highway, Dad. What do I do? What do you think me as a father said? I told my daughter, do you have a match? Burn it. 
Come on now. It's dead. It'll kill it. That's not a God ministry anymore. It's a man's ministry. Planted by man. Organized by man. The plan's been carried out. But brother, you're just hearing God. You're a child of God. You're becoming now from a babe into a mature woman of God. And you're hearing what God should look like through you. She's okay with that. She's doing well today. But she came through the same pattern. Spirit of religion will kill people. It'll work outside in. But we carry the apostolic government of God. You carry the grace of God, which will permeate that darkness and pierce that darkness with the message of God's love and that grace. Now, are you with me so far? How's the food? <laughs> Go to Isaiah 54. Now, don't lose your place here real quick and mark. Hold your finger there. Go to Isaiah 54 very quick. 54.2. It's a great place of, uh, of Scripture. To me, it's the example of exa exactly what God shows us. The opposite of what we think we know is going to happen. How it can happen. Or even understanding the times when it's to happen. I thank God God surprised me over the years. How about you? Surprised me many times. When I wasn't ready... His mercy, His grace followed me. Matter of fact, they overtook me at times. Overtook my plan. Isaiah 54, around verse, around verse 2. The setting is, he's talking about barrenness. He's talking about fruit. He's talking about seeds being planted in the soil of God. Our lives, we're the field of God, the seed of God planted in our hearts. He's talking about a crop coming up. Here in Isaiah 54, it's talking about barrenness. You who have not born. Sing, O barren. <laughs> I love that. How many friends around you do you have when you're going through this process? <laughs> or things aren't working out well. They tell you, sing, enjoy it, have fun. Anybody got those kind of friends today? who love you that much to tell you the truth? What are you so worried about? What are you so anxious about? You don't understand. I, I, I can't meet my quota. I'm not meeting my plan. Come on. Barrenness it talks about here. But it goes on here, talking about in verse 2, you who have not labored with child. Okay. Well, I know what that means. <laughs> you who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman says the Lord now next, next verse starts out with a key word in this text enlarge enlarge the place of your tent enlarge the place of a tent well God I don't, we don't have any kids yet I mean it's, we're lacked here we're, nothing's building what's the deal here but see, spiritually, God's speaking to his people in the heart, our lives, saying, you understand, you've been looking for natural kids, natural elements to build my church. And I want you to understand, you're, you're rejoicing in the wrong thing. You're building according to man's plan, not mine. So if I tell you today and challenge you, if you're building according to any other plan beside God's plan... 
What do you think is going to happen to your ministry in church? You think it's going to burn? You think it's going to not work? It's not going to succeed? That's his word. You'll be tested by God. You'll be looked at from God. Tested by his word. But here it's saying, enlarge the place of your tent. At those times you think, well, God, you know, it ain't going to work. Are the times that you're going through the process of training in the Holy Spirit. You're going through a, a time of training to get planted in the kingdom of God. To get rooted and get fed by God's Spirit. Do you see that process there? Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen the stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. How many here today believe God has called you to the world? How many believe today that God has put an apostolic anointing or spirit in your life to do that? Quite a few hands. Just about as many went to be pastor. Apostolic government. I want to spend just a moment to describe that. Apostolic government is spiritual. It is governing according to God's plan over a city, a territory, a region, a country, a nation, all over the world. Governing by the spirit of a living God. Spiritual governing for a territory. Enlarging a place of a tent. This scripture is written saying you're barren. So, how do you enlarge a tent? You get back with God and say, God, I've done it my way. How's that working for me? Not too good. Okay, son. Alan, are you ready to do it my way? Now come back over here where I told you I'd be. I wouldn't move. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know where you've been, but guess what? You came back, and I was still here, right? I didn't go anywhere. Now let's build my way. And all of a sudden, instead of him following my plan or a plan of man, now I'm following his. That's just a school of the Holy Spirit. No condemnation. But walk in the understanding that God says, I want to grow you as a seed I planted in the field. Do you understand? You may not know how it does it, but when it does it, my word is true. It's going to happen. Just let me do it. Let me do it. And make the desolate cities inhabited. Now, we labored for lots and lots and lots and lots of years. Dr. Mitchell knows this. We prayed, interceded, sought the face of God every morning. Every morning we had two hours of prayer. First hour was personal prayer. Those that come, you spend time with God for an hour. Second hour, guess what? Worship team came in. Worship God corporately. We <laughs> challenged that territory. That was our pattern. With the submission of God and a foundation saying, wow. Whoo. I don't know how this is happening, but guess what? There's increase coming. Put more chairs out. What's going on on Wednesday night service? What, what's going on? All we did was humble ourselves and pray, submit to God and say, guess what I'll do? Now I will build it my way. And you're following me. But all those over my life I work with, 
That was not their pattern. But all the time I knew that, God, you've not called me to that. There's something going on in me. What is this thing? My training ground for 30 years in the Pueblo city of Colorado was to continue in the plan God gave me by his Bible way to get Bible results. And then guess what he says do? It starts to get planted. People start growing. God's adding maturity to the people, the couples that are coming, ex-pastors coming in. We want to help build a ministry center. We want to build an apostolic ministry center, apostolic government. 30 years, it's finally occurring. But I want to tell you right now, if you do it the Bible way, you'll get Bible results through faith and patience and never change course. Never change course. Because guess what's coming? We call it a suddenly. Suddenly, there it is. Suddenly, there it is. Wednesday night service some night. Wednesdays were always not as good as Sunday morning celebrations. One Wednesday evening, before we became even senior pastors, was that had changed. My friend had been the pastor, so we kind of walked together. We understood the principles of God. So we just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. Wednesday night service. The back door to the church it was a double door. Normal people came through a little before the service, but it never quit swinging. And we're kind of up front going, what's going on? It kept swinging. People kept coming in. Uh, ushers, deacons, get some more chairs. Doors kept swinging. Because people understood this church, this ministry had a foundation. Had a foundation for to build my life on, my family on, and the kids. Get to, back to Mark pretty quickly, but go to Hebrews, if you would, chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Common denominator in River's Edge International Fellowship. It is prayer. You will hear the heart of a person when you hear them pray. You'll know all about them. You know if it's real or not real. You know when mountains move and when they don't, when somebody prays. But here in Hebrews 11, how many know Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter? Hebrews 11 around verse, well, let's see. Let me get there for you. Uh, let's see here. It's on this page, I guess. About verse 8 and 9. Hebrews 11, starting with verse 8. Now, thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 7. How about Hebrews 11? That would be good. Verse 8. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a, t a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac, Jacob, and the heirs with him 
of the same promise. Go back to verse 8. By faith, Abraham did what? He obeyed. He obeyed what God was asking him to do, the Bible way. We should build by. He obeyed. Was called to go where? Called to go out from where he was. Now, this is so important in your lives. Because we're here to stir that gift up in you. We're here to activate some things in your life, to understand some things, how God builds. We got to quit looking at the small picture. We as saints of God and equippers need to quit looking at our small us for and no more to the walls that we have built and we're secure in as ministers, as pastors. If you want increase to come and go through that barrenness, I want to tell you one thing. Apostolic enlarges things. Apostolic puts out stakes. Apostolic by faith obeys the word of God and goes, as my brother says, even out in the streets. But the apostolic government, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teachers, they're all in this room. The hand of God. They must function according to the pattern God laid down and died to give. Ephesians 4, it's here. Understand apostolic government. You've got to understand how God put it together. How God said, Abraham, you'll receive an inheritance. Oh, glory to God. Thank you. Oh, thank you so God for Pueblo, Colorado. It's been 30 years and finally you're going to build an apostolic ministry center. If people will come in and see the glory of God and be saved, healed, delivered, set free, and God's going to move across that territory. We've been praying the same for 30 years. It hasn't changed. I'm thankful for that. But then God says, son, read my word again. Enlarge the place of your tent. God, you don't understand. I've been here 30 years. This is where I'm going to be. This is where I'm going to plant. This is my home. This is the church probably I'm going to die in. Hello. What have I done? I've taken my perspective and saying, wait a minute, God. That's still in here. This apostolic government. You told Abraham to walk by faith. When you called me, called him to go out to a place where he would receive an inheritance. My perspective had to change. My us for no more in such a way in that territory had to change and say, okay, God, my God said, I have prepared you. Where you've been all these seasons and years on your knees Seeking my face, believing me, walking in my spirit, building according to my word to get Bible results. Now, you are ready. Okay, thank you, God, I'm ready. Finally, I can sit back and enjoy a home church. I can just enjoy it. And, oh, it's so good. Ain't going to happen. You know why? Because, son, I didn't call you to one little place. I called you to the world. Now are you going to go or not? Are you going to go or not? My journey with God is to understand. I told my team this week, they're getting to know me. I'm getting to know all of them. It's a trust issue. How many of you will give someone 
authority and power in your ministry when you can trust them. Authority works that way. When you can trust someone, you'll give them. You'll release it. It's relational. I know them. They know me. It's just like Jesus. When you're in his word, he says, I know them. They have a history with me. Come on. And all of a sudden, you start doing this. You start working, and you start walking it out and realize, God, what are you doing here? I thought this is what we've achieved for 30 years. This is what we want to build. But the moment that I began to think, oh, finally, God, it's coming in, and I can just relax and enjoy now life. I can probably die here. Hello. God stirred up that. He cranked my tractor. Cranked that gift and said, son, global. Global. How are you going to do global from local? Come on. I want to stir you up today. God builds according to his pattern, not ours. And you're all in a phase right now. Some of you in this fellowship, some in this room, in this conference. You have a successful ministry in church, or you may be going through tough times in church. It doesn't mean good or bad. It doesn't mean you're missing it or things are going well. What should go well is what you know what you're called to do. And if you've been laboring in a space for many, many years, I knew this man back then in those many, many years. Your friends will come around you and remind you of who you really are. By friendship and relationship and say, you know, I guess you don't know what's in you. Oh, yeah, I do. I'm the pastor of this church now. I made it happen. This is my life. This is my story. This is my security. Anybody in this room that raised their hand said, I understand apostolic. I want you to stand right now. Stand right now. If you understand the word apostolic, stand up. Apostolic government. How much teaching, how much elements of truth of God's word have you heard before about apostolic government? Look at this. They're all standing. So I want you to just look around and see all these individuals. There's not many people sitting down. The apostolic government, how God builds... It's not just for Akragana. It's not just for this country. It's for the region. It's for the country of Ghana, yes. But it's for the region of Africa, South Africa. Ha-ha, North Africa. It's for the continent of Africa. Do you understand how much of God's power is in this room today? Everybody here, if you say I'm apostolic, I'm going to read you a scripture again. Verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go, go, go out to the place which you, Abraham, you, as a son and daughter of God, will receive your inheritance. You mean there's more to this, God? If you're apostolic here in this room today and you understand what God's doing in your life, 
I guarantee you right now, he shakes every tree in this place. But he also takes the roots out. I'm not here to shake anything. I'm not here to be the prophet of the hour. But I'm telling you right now, God does uprooting. He does clean house. Then he builds. <laughs> it all goes together. You're walking right now in the apostolic government here. I want to show you something as we leave today. I want the team, if you would, and they don't know I'm going to ask this to do this. Stand up here, if you would. I want Apostle Mitchell right here. First Corinthians 3, 10, 12 says, where Paul writes and says, no other foundation is laid except Jesus Christ himself. The church is built upon what? Apostle, prophets. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 28 says, first apostles, second pass, uh, prophet, prophets, third teachers. It's not a hierarchy, it's a batting order. Send out the apostolic, the apostles first. We'll have to go plant to begin. Come on. Go secure a beachhead. I love that phrase. I think Dr. Mitchell does too. You know what a beachhead is? A beachhead is where you go and invade a country or a territory and you land and create a headquarters to operate from. It's called a beachhead. Now, how many in this room today have prayed and believed God that He wants to do more through you than you're doing now? How many here believe God wants to do more through you than you're doing now? You starting to get a taste of the apostolic anointing. When an apostolic anointing hits a place, a conference, a region, a territory, a transition occurs in all of us. And all of a sudden something's established, a beachhead. But I want to encourage you before you get that call and you're hearing it now move, some things happened before that. You prayed many, many years ago. You began in a place of prayer. You began confessing the Word of God. This conference has brought us through the Word of God. I hear your Word. I take it to my heart. And then by faith, I get it up here in this head and renew my mind, God, that I can believe all things for you. It began back there in faith. That's where it begins in prayer. Then you start what? Even the Word of faith is where? In your mouth? In your heart? You start confessing something. Well, God, I don't know how... This is going to happen. But I confess today your word. You're calling me out. You're sending me out to the nations, to the world. You want a global harvest. It's coming. Your word says the greatest harvest is yet to come in. You're sent out by the hand of God apostolically. Yeah, it begins in prayer. You start confessing the word. Second step. Then what starts happening? You start possessing what you've been confessing. Little by little. Well, God, I'm, I'm kind of possessing. All the time you're doing what Abraham did with the call of God. You obeyed God. You used the substance he builds with, faith. You're mixing the word of God with faith, getting this mind changed. Okay, God, I didn't believe you before. Why? He couldn't trust me to do what I'm doing today. Dr. Mitchell knows the story. He knew it when he saw me how many years ago? Long time ago, he said, I'm going to be working with that guy. I shook my head and walked away. 
Why? I doubted, walked in unbelief. I didn't mix faith with this word. I didn't do what he was telling me to do. Now just go out, son. Come on. Started in prayer. Took many years. We were praying people. Started confessing his word with faith upon it. Then I started possessing some things. This is the fun part. When everybody in this room today, hearing the Spirit of God starts obeying God, you start obeying God by faith, and you start possessing what you've been confessing. What comes after possession? Possessing? I love this part. It's called occupy until I come. Occupy. My God. We here as a team, an apostolic government, Rivers Edge International Fellowship, has come not by an invitation. We've come on an assignment from the living God apostolically to plant, to release, to send, to have each of you be charged, equipped, <laughs> gifts being stirred to activate you now. Go! Not here. You're not building Accra anymore. You're building the world for Jesus. If you're apostolic, occupation. Well, Father, I'll occupy my space. I've been praying. <laughs> I've been confessing <laughs> till I was blue in the face. Then I started possessing. And then I started occupying. Started obeying the word of God. Alan, go. Alan, go. That's what Abraham did. By faith, you will go places, and guess what? That is where your inheritance is. It's not here in Accra. It's not here in Sierra Leone. It's not in Nigeria. It's global. It's the world. If we're in fellowship one to another, if we're family today, building a family of God, the hand of God, it's apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors and teachers with the hand of God that people will see, function, and work. So I bring them up here for a reason. Dr. Mitchell, get over here. Pam, you're a teacher. Get over here. Kind of. This is examples, okay? This is examples. Doesn't mean that you guys are this, okay? But you're close. You're doing good. You're doing good. Uh, yeah, you're doing good. You're looking at, there's a plurality here. The, the two have become one, like in a marriage, right? Amen. They're one. Amen. Apostolic government. What builds your local ministry, but builds churches around the world globally is apostolic government, understanding how it functions. I'm not talking about positions. I'm talking about how to function. How does it work? That's what I love watching happen. Apostle. Prophets, evangelists, pastors, teacher. What do you see here? The hand of God. Let me give you a demonstration very quickly. God's raising up his hand for the world in this hour. Understanding the times is understanding that you will go into all the world. You will step forward by obedience. You'll walk in faith. You've been praying. You've been confessing. Now, guess what? You're starting seeing that, oh... Ah, kind of getting a little bit of the here. I'm trying to uh, get it a little bit. All of a sudden now, you mean, God, you sent me to occupy that? 
It's called a beachhead. We're going to send some people here today by the Holy Spirit's power. And you may not even know how this is ever going to happen. But see, when the things start growing, it's a seed. Read Mark 4 to the end where the seed is planted in the ground. You don't know how it grows. It grows. First, a little stalk grows. Come on. Then the head of the grain grows. Then inside the head, by the way, in some translations, in the Greek, it's called covering. It covers the seed that's growing inside the cover. It covers it. But when it's fully grown, is what Mark 4 continues to say. What does God do? Immediately, when you're fully grown, when you matured in God, when it's His time, understanding God's prepared you for such a time as this, He puts the sickle in because the harvest is time is now. God, by His mighty power, is harvesting each one of you today. If you believe you've gone through this process, you've been praying your life off every hour, every day, seeking the face of God, His Word. You've been confessing His Word come true. And He sends it forth and accomplishes what it's sent to do. Come on. You start tasting and see the Lord is good. All of a sudden, there's an occupation coming. You go occupy land. That's His apostolic call to all of you. Inside that grain head, there's a covering that covers the grain so it can totally grow and grow to maturity. That's what family means. That's what fellowship means. Now, last thing I'll say real quick. I'll use this term. You may know it. It's called alignment. Alignment. Aligning with God is getting under His provision, His setup, His purpose, His destiny. If you're just a pastor, and I'm thanking God you just could be a pastor, you're fine. Caring for the sheep, wonderful. That's what God called you to be. Now, apostle, prophet, <laughs> evangelist, pastor, teacher, I'm going to charge you with something today. Every one of these gifts, every one of his hand of God up here works in pastoring. Trust me. They all pastor. The apostle pastors. The prophet passes. Sometimes we'll switch positions. Sometimes the evangelist, guess what she'll do? Uh-huh, she'll switch positions. What, what, what's that, God? I thought I was the prophet. Come on. Talking apostolic government. But God, you're doing something in my life, and all of a sudden I need that interdependence. I'm realizing I'm becoming one here in a team just like your, your word says we can. All of a sudden, what happens? J Jamie becomes more this. Oh my gosh, what's the deal? And all of a sudden, guess what I get to do? I get to what? Teach. That's why Brother Randy says, I can't teach. Think about it. But see, God loves to do that by a team ministry. Team ministry. Apostolic anointing is team ministry. You must look around at what you planted and what you sowed and prayed for, wearing our knees to believe God to bring that thing to pass. Release that authority through the trust you know. Set it up, let go, because you're to follow his obedience to, by faith and go. That's global. That's global. We're all here in the hand of God for a purpose. We're here intentionally. We're not here by imitation, even though we were invited back. Thank God. We're here 
on assignment. Each one of you in this room tonight and today, you have an assignment from God. You may get an invitation, but as you grow in God and get a counsel around you, you'll know the difference. Is that man? I'll let Lauren preach her message again. Is that from man or is that from God? Well, it's a good thing, I think, but guess what? Not a God thing. Because why? I'm breaking up a team. God has put this team together for a reason. Apostolic ministry, River's Edge. That's what we do, we love to do. It activates the gifts of God in you. Are you with us today? Do you understand that, what God is doing? Now just hold your hands in the air if you would. We're going to pray for you as you stand there. Because I know it's, I went a little bit long. But I want to make sure this is released over this group that's here. We've come intentionally. We've come with a purpose. We've come on assignment to release the gifts of God, to activate them in your life, to give you God's perspective on where He's sending you, where you're going places, uprooting you. It may be a tear-up sometimes, but He wants to go build and plant you somewhere and go occupy the world for Jesus. That's what He calls us forward. Each gift is going to pray over you and extend something. Just receive this. I'm going to ask Dr. Mitchell to pray. Father, you said in your word.